Welcome back to The Approaching Storm, Episode 3, by Wallace Gibbs. Thursday the 29th, graduation day, was finally here. I only had to go to school for a half a day since there was a graduation ceremony that night. Gail picked me up at school because she was exempt from her final exams. The only thing that she had left to do was attend her graduation ceremony tomorrow. As we arrived at the house, I could see that Mama was preparing to leave to go run the bus routes she normally did in the morning and the afternoon. Wallace, Mama began as I entered the utility room with Gail, I want you to wear your blue suit tonight for graduation. That is what I was planning to do, I said. We have to be up at the school by six o'clock. What time is the graduation ceremony? Mama asked. Starts at seven o'clock, I said. Okay, Mama replied. I will get one of the girls to drop you off at six. Daddy and I'll meet you there at seven. Is anyone else coming? I asked. Probably not. It will just be the three of us, Mama began. Afterwards, we were thinking of taking you to the Wagon Wheel restaurant to celebrate. Would it be possible for Becky to go with us? I asked. I don't see why not, Mama answered. I'll call her and see if she can come, I said. Just let me know when I get back home, Mama said as she exited the house through the utility room and headed towards the car. I retrieved the headset from the green wall phone that hung next to the pantry and dialed 6895143, the Knight's telephone number. Hello, Miss Knight said as she answered the phone. Hello, I said, this is Wallace Gibbs, and I was wondering if I could talk to Becky. Are you excited about tonight? Mrs. Knight asked. Yes, ma'am, I said. I can't believe that we're going to be high schoolers after tonight. Enjoy it, Wallace, but because before you know it, you'll be in college, Miss Knight said. Let me go get Becky for you. I heard a soft tap as Miss Knight laid down the receiver. Very faintly, I heard Miss Knight say, Becky, Wallace is on the phone for you. I waited patiently until I heard Becky say, Hello. Hello, I said. Hey, Wallace, Becky replied. Do you have any plans after graduation tonight? I asked. Not really, Becky said. We are going to have a party on Saturday to celebrate with my aunts, uncles, and grandparents. I was wondering if you'd be interested in going to dinner at the Wagon Wheel in New Caney after graduation tonight, I asked. That'd be nice, Becky said. Let me go ask Mama. Okay, I said as I could hear the phone receiver being set down again. Mama said that it was okay, Becky said as she picked the receiver back up. Great, I'll see you at school, I said as I hung up the phone. I made myself a bologna and cheese sandwich, got some Fritos from the pantry, then I sat down at the kitchen table to read the funny papers. Virgil arrived home around 3.45, the usual time, which meant that Mama was right on schedule with her bus route and would be home around 5 o'clock. Virgil and I collected the eggs, then we fed and watered all of the animals before returning to the house. 
Right as Mama got home, I showered and then got dressed in my blue three-piece suit. At 5.30, Gail and I headed to the car and drove into town where she dropped me off at the high school parking lot. See you later, Gail said. Good luck tonight. Thank you, I said. Only one more day for you. Yep, Gail said. Then it's off to Shill still. I shut the door to Gail's Mustang too and made my way around the high school building, past the old junior high building and headed for the cafeteria where we had been instructed to meet. When I opened the door to the cafeteria, I spotted Belinda Karbowski and her mom and dad sitting at one of the cafeteria tables. Miss Russell, the sponsor for the National Junior Honor Society and my journalism teacher, was seated at a table at the far end of the cafeteria. Becky was talking to her. Becky looked stunning. She was wearing a floor-length white dress that had a purple floral pattern on it, and her hair had been curled and put up into a nice-looking hairdo. Mike Futrell and Joseph Reznicek were standing behind Becky, so I made my way down to where they were and got into line. "'What are you waiting for?' I asked Mike. We have to pick up our National Junior Honor Society armbands, Mike informed. I forgot, I said. Miss Russell and Becky talked for a little bit more, and then finally Mike stepped up, retrieved his armband, then walked to a table in the middle of the cafeteria. Joseph did the same thing, then went and joined Mike. Wallace gives, Miss Russell started. I sure am going to miss having you in my classes. I'm going to miss having you as a teacher, I said. Are you still going to teach eighth grade next year? Here's your armband, Miss Russell said as she helped me slide it onto my suit coat sleeve. I am planning to teach the same things that I did this year. Good, I said. Maybe I will get to see you sometimes. Maybe so, Miss Russell said as she made final adjustments to my armband. I turned and headed to the table where Mike, Becky, and Joseph were now sitting. Are you nervous about your speech? I asked Becky. A little, Becky said. I'm just going to concentrate on my notes and do my best. Becky had the highest grade point average in our class, so she was selected to give the class speech at the ceremony tonight, much like the valedictorian would do tomorrow night at Gail's graduation. Mike had the second highest grade point average, followed by Bridget Baker, Tater Wells, Dewina Hummel, and then I came in at number six. I didn't even know that grade point averages counted, so I didn't put a lot of effort into my grades, except for to make sure that I had made all A's. There was one exception. I made a 79 in one period in seventh grade, and that was when we had to learn the 254 counties and county seats of Texas. As I have said in a previous story, I detested that project. Soon, other 8th graders began to arrive and the cafeteria was alive with conversation. Right at 6.30, Mr. Sawinski, along with the help from Miss Humphreys and Miss Russell, began to assemble the group into alphabetical order. 
At 6.45, Mr. Sawinski opened one of the cafeteria doors, and we all filed out and headed to the football field, where a stage had been erected and folding chairs assembled for the graduates to sit at. Gail's graduation would be at the exact same location tomorrow night. As we approached the bleachers, I could hear a piano begin to play Pomp and Circumstance. It was Mike Futrell, Brenda Garner, me, then Bubba Gojon, in alphabetical order. The hundred or so eighth graders filed onto the field. Mr. Davis was directing students into the rows of chairs. Right as Mike Futrell approached Mr. Davis, he was stopped and directed to the second row of chairs because the first row had filled up. Mike entered the second row and walked to the very end. He remained standing like the first row did, and we waited until all the rows were filled. I was almost directly behind Bridget Baker. As the last of the eighth graders entered their row, the piano music slowly faded away, and then Mr. Sherwinski said, You may be seated. From my vantage point, I would see all of the eighth grade teachers sitting on the stage. Miss Humphrey, Mr. Davis, Miss Russell, Miss Walker, Coach Smith, and Coach Ray. Mr. Sawinski opened the ceremony by welcoming the parents and the families of the graduates. He then invited the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Splendora to come up and pray. Afterwards, Mr. Sawinski introduced Becky and then invited her up to the podium. He then adjusted the microphone to her level and then was seated. Good evening, Becky began. I would like to say congratulations to my fellow classmates on this accomplishment of finishing junior high and entering high school. Becky delivered her speech and we all applauded. Mr. Elliot Lansford, the school superintendent, came to the podium next, adjusted the microphone, and delivered a speech that challenged us to do the very best we could as we entered the last phase of our education at Splendora ISD. As he concluded his speech, we all applauded. Mr. Sawinski asked all of the eighth graders to rise. Miss Sessom assumed the spot behind the microphone and instructed us to come as our names were called. The entire ceremony took about 45 minutes and then we were all dismissed. Are you still going to dinner with us? I asked Becky. Yes, she said. First my mom wants to take some pictures and then I'll be ready to go. Congratulations, son. Daddy said as I joined him and Mama in the bleachers. Thank you, I said. Becky will be right back. Her mom wants to take some pictures. About ten minutes later, Becky joined us and we headed to Daddy's car in the parking lot. This was one of the few times that Splendora ever had a traffic jam. The only other times was when a train would block the only crossing in the middle of town. By the time we got to the Wagon Wheel restaurant, it was almost 8.30. As the four of us were seated, the waiter asked, What can I get you to drink? I'll have tea, Daddy said. Back in the 1980s, only unsweetened tea was served. If you wanted sweet tea, you had to do it yourself with sugar packets from the table. I'll have water, Mama said. I'll have a Dr. Pepper, Becky said. I'll have tea, 
I said. The four of us were seated and we opened the menu. I already knew what I wanted, so I waited for Becky, Mama, and Daddy to decide. The waiter came back with our drinks and asked if we were ready to order. I'll have the sirloin cooked medium well, Daddy said. What would you like on your baked potato? The waiter asked. Butter, sour cream, cheese, and chives, Daddy said. Your dinner includes a trip to the salad bar, the waiter began. The plates are already up there. Thank you, Daddy said. I'll have the ribeye cooked medium, Mama said. What would you like on your baked potato? The waiter repeated. Butter, sour cream, and chives, Mama answered. Your dinner also includes a trip to the salad bar, the waiter said. What can I get for you? The waiter asked, turning his attention to Becky. I'll have the hamburger with meat and cheese only, Becky said. Would you like french fries or chips? The waiter asked. French fries, Becky answered. What would you like, young man? The waiter asked. I would like the chopped steak cooked medium rare, I answered. What would you like on your baked potato? The waiter asked. Butter, sour cream, cheese, and chives, I answered. Your dinner also includes a trip to the salad bar, the waiter said. I'll put these orders in and come back to check on you. Daddy, Mom, and I made our way to the salad bar where I loaded up my plate. The four of us visited as we ate, and I was so excited to have Becky sitting at the table with my parents. It was no secret how I felt about Becky, and my parents knew this was a special dinner. After dinner, Becky gave us directions on how to get back to her house. We drove down the feeder street next to Highway 59 and made a right turn onto FM 1485. Daddy drove until we hit FM 2090 in Grangerland and turned right, which put us in the direction of Splendora. We drove for several miles, and then as we rounded a big curve in the road, Becky instructed Daddy to make a right turn down a dirt road. After a half a mile up, the road forked. Becky instructed Daddy to take the right fork. We drove deeper into the forest for about a mile and finally saw Becky's house, which literally was in the middle of the boondocks. I walked Becky to her front door and was immediately greeted by Mr. and Miss Knight. Did you have a good time? Miss Knight said to the two of us. Yes, ma'am, Becky said. Yes, ma'am, I said. I can't believe that we are officially in high school now. This concludes Episode 3 of The Approaching Storm by Wallace Gibbs.